As you can see, we have a big new sign that says Hope Center and Northwest Harvest Church and then the food center with the food bank. And some people really don't know how that came about. But we used to be where the artisan's attic is on Main Street. And uh, a man and woman prophet came and they prayed over us and they said, You're go God's going to give you a big building and it's going to have automatic doors. And it was a long, long process. This used to be the overweighty building and it had automatic doors. They're since gone because they broke. <laughs> but they worked when we came. <laughs> but the dynamic was a little bit different and when we started, and it was a miracle because we, we didn't have any money and the donations to build the building and to fix the building were incredible. And God hasn't changed that. The provision continues. We have a, a new HVAC, which is great because I don't have to come down three days in advance before Sunday when it's minus 20 and hope the building gets heated up. Because now with the new one, I can come down an hour ahead of time and Teresa wants me to turn it down in 15 minutes because it's too hot. <laughs> and Sean needs a fan. <laughs> so it's great. So the, the hydro bill or yeah, the gas bill and hydro bill is going to be way lower because it's on less time. Praise God. I digress. The sign. So S Steve had lots of people coming to him with all these good ideas of what we should do to enhance the building and signage and stuff. And we've always wanted to do, and we should always want to do this, is what God wants. And he's, he shared in a sermon one time, he says, there were lots of good ideas, but I wanted God ideas. And so we never put up a sign. What was amazing is people still showed up for church. It's even more amazing, the homeless and the poor people found the place. They got food, they got clothed, and that never changed. And it was, it was amazing to me. And then now the, the dynamics change and, and people wanted signage. So we now have the sign. But the Hope Center was the prophetic word that God gave us to call the place. And it was, we're, we are a community facility. Community Services runs the food bank out of here. They've got, their, they've got a walk-in cooler. They've got a walk-in freezer. They've got a bunch of stuff. But they minister to the poor, too, just like we do. And it's, uh, it gets an amazing thing. Lunch with a bunch is here. So we really are a community center or a or, or something that everyone can use. And now God called us to do that. So there, that, now you kind of know how that happened. Uh, the prophecy was amazing because it still didn't happen for four or five years. And the mayor, the mayor came, when, when my wife and I owned the sporting goods store on Main Street, the mayor came in and said, hey, you know, we, we were wondering if you could do something with the old overweighty building. And it was... It, it, was, it was a trip. And the overweighty gave us the building for a loony a month for the first year while we were getting it ready. 
Then we got it all ready. Everything was mostly all done. And there was a rainstorm. And you could baptize a thousand people in here because the rain was coming through the roof. But God provided for that too. Our, our, um, they call it triple net. But when, when it's called triple net on your lease, it means you pay for everything. So for two years, I would be up on the roof trying to stop the leaks. And I, I, would, I, was, I was catching up until winter, winter would came. And then when summer came, I'd have to start all over again. Well, one day, I went through the roof up to my knees. And I ran over to the store where Steve was. And I said, you know, I've been trying to fix little holes. Well, there's a big one now. And I can't fix this. So we phoned the landlord who lives in the cusp. When it reverted back to the landlord, overweight, he never owned the building. But when it reverted back to the landlord, uh, we, Steve felt we should go to the cusp and see him. And it was a God thing to do because we have had relationship with him. Steve called him and said, oh, Ed, we just want to let you know, Bruce just, Bruce just went through the roof. And Ed says, oh, goodness, because he was trying to get overweighted to pay for it, but they wouldn't because they were supposed to be fixing up all these things all along. Ed says, you get a price and do all that and I'll pay. And he didn't have to do that. And he put out $100,000 for us. Just... That's just one. It, it was just all very miraculous. Anyway, so now you kind of have the, the history of some of this. I, um, I really was touched by when I found out that Caleb had asked Sean and Teresa if we could pray. And it activated faith in me, and I know it activated faith in him. And I think it have activated faith in all of us. So when we were sitting here in church, I looked up, um, I went into the back of my, oh, I don't need that, my Bible, and I looked up Caleb. A Judahite who spied out Canaan, Numbers 13.6, allowed to enter the land because of his faith. Numbers 13, yeah, anyways. So I was struck by that, that Caleb, if you look up the meaning of the name Caleb, it says faithfulness. Wholehearted, bold, and brave. I, I, was, I was really struck by that because our Caleb was brave to say, can, you, can, can the church pray for me? Can the church pray for me? And we did. And in, in Scripture, same thing with Caleb, Caleb was two, uh, Caleb and Joshua were two of the 12 that went in to spy out the land 
and the produce. One, one line in Scripture is, uh, they grabbed one, vine, one uh, grape branch, and two people had to carry it. So that's what waits for us in the promised land. So they, t- they take it, and they show the people, and the people are afraid. The other ten spies, they said, oh, we can't do that. There's giants in the land. They're huge. We can't go there. Caleb said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yes, we can. Our God is able. Your God is able, Caleb. Our God is able for my wife. Our God is able for people on the list. Our God is more than able. It's, it's interesting to be in the, in the chemo ward. They're getting to, they're getting to know Jan and I. And um, it's quite amazing to see how they come to visit us. The Carol, who's uh, maybe in her 50s to 60s, she says, she's, she's been with us two or three times, and she says, I always feel better after I look after you guys. I go home uh, not as depressed. And that's because of Jesus. Not because of me. It's not because of my wife, but Jesus who lives in me. Joshua 14, 6 to 15. Now the men of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, that Kenizzite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh, Barnea, about you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh, Barnea, to explore the land, and I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my brothers who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt with fear. I have, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day Moses swore to me, The land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. The ten guys were struck dead. And a whole generation of people were not allowed, and might have been more than one generation of people, the people that said, we want to go back to Egypt. They never got to get into the promised land. But the people that believed Caleb and Joshua, and it was the generation, we sang that song, the children and the children's children. Oh, that, that, that struck me too. And they got to go into the promised land. 
because Caleb and Joshua said, our God can do this. Whatever's going on in your life, your God, our God, can take care of that. He is big enough. He is big enough. And his grace, I always, I always, always cringe when someone says, oh, I, I, God can't forgive me some of my things. Well, Sean and I are here to tell you that he forgives all things. I never, I never said, God, I want to be a pastor. But he called me. And I, I believe I answered that call. I sometimes, I sometimes I just don't have it. You know, you, you want to have it. But the scripture says, when you're weak, he is strong. And, it, and it's, not, it's not something that the, you know, there are so many things in the Bible that you know, the, the world can't really figure it out. But it's because our God our God doesn't think like us. He thinks God's thoughts. When I went to visit Mr. Friesen, I think it was uh, Friday was the last time I went in. And it was close. I actually phoned Jeff at the Baptist Church because that's where they go to church. And I've, I've grown to be his friends I, friend because I go see my mom and he's sitting there and we chat. I bless him. We pray together. We laugh and giggle. It's been great. So that on, on Friday when I went in, uh, the, the daughter and the wife were a little distressed because he was aggressive, fighting. And uh, he sees me in waves. And I said, can I, can I pray for Mr. Friesen? So he did. And they said he calmed down. Just, uh, I've seen too many people die in the last year and a half. Mother and father-in-law, a father, a few other people, Carol and, and Jack. But they're dancing right now. They're dancing right now. They're on the eternal part of their journey now. Praise God. So I see, I see the attributes, and I'm not just making this up. I see the attributes of Caleb in Scripture with the Caleb that we have in our church. You just think of what it takes to say, can the church pray for me? Can the church pray for me? That's, that's just amazing to me. To be, to be bold. Caleb was bold. He was full of faith, it said. Listen, you guys. We can do this. Our God is bigger than those giants. Our God wants us to go in there 
and, and accept the promised land. It's like spiritually, are you willing to accept the promises that he has for you? Well, I tell you, this, this, uh, this whole thing and uh, the cancer thing, my wife and I have never experienced anything like this. And to sit there and then God kind of whispers in your ear, you know, the very worst thing with me, Bruce, is better than the best thing in the world without me. I couldn't do it. I don't know how people can get through life without Jesus. I don't. I'm, I'm at the point when I'm, where I'm dealing with um, homeless people or addicted people, and they, they're dumping on me. <laughs> Telling me, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that. I said, I can't do that for you. Because some of the things are crazy. But what I have, it's like, it's like that scripture, gold and silver I don't have, but what I can give you is Jesus. One of our, one of our outside friends, and he, he's been here, and he's even come up and shared in our church. He, he passed away. Just too much booze. Too much alcohol. And, I, and I, I didn't know it was him. And then I found out it was him. And God goes, go, go to the crash house right now. I, and I go to a house where people gather and drink and do their drugs and stuff. And there's a, there's a gentleman I know there. I'm trying hard not to name names. <laughs> and I, we, we've been friends forever. A native gentleman. The doctor four or five years ago said, if you have one more beer, you're going to die. And he quit cold turkey. Just stopped. Didn't take a drink for two years. And I was checking on him all the time. Going to the crash house and check on him. Hope that's tea you're drinking. <laughs> that's not vodka, is it? <laughs> Better be water. And he'd laugh and joke. Then I found out he was drinking again. And he was hiding from me. And I'd see him walking around. He was getting bigger. He was getting bloated. I'm going, oh, God. Chatted with him for a little while. Didn't guilt trip him or anything. But then when I found out that our friend had passed away, I, I went to the crash house. I sat down. I said, hey, man, did you hear about Dave? And he looks at me and he says, I already quit drinking, Bruce. <laughs> He'd already done it. He already had done it. I keep checking. And he looks good. <laughs> looks good again. There was a, a lady there drinking out of a 40-pound of vodka at 7.30 in the morning. And they said, yeah, the, right in front of her, they said, the doctors have said her liver's floating. So she, her day is number two, and I, I've tried to share with her. She's been here too. 
but the difference that we can make in people's lives is uh, pretty important. Adversity. When we, call, when we call these things adversity, when you stand in front of the, wasn't the oncologist, someone who, a, a lady's doctor, but he was a man, doesn't want to really tell us that my wife's got stage four ovarian cancer. He goes, oh, your, your, your wife has stage three, maybe four. <laughs> so we get out. And we start talking. We say, our God's bigger than this. Our God is bigger than this. And it's wearisome at times. And that's humanism. But my faith is growing. And my wife's too. This week, we got a little problem with fluid. So we're getting some fluid out on Monday. We see the oncologist and her clinical trials nurse on Tuesday, and we do chemo on Wednesday. So that's three, three trips to Abbotsford. Pray for us. But our God is bigger than that. Carol, Hank's daughter, was here. And she, she shared. She's a missionary in Costa Rica. And she has the same cancer that my wife has, but it's metastasizer. Is that the word? Yeah. So it's all there. God's bigger than that. And, she, and Carol knows that. And we need to be mindful of praying for her constantly. God is bigger than that. But adversity, what, is, what does God say about adversity. Romans 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I believe there's a difference in Caleb today compared to last Sunday. This Caleb, not the one in here. God's doing something in him. His countenance is different. And I don't, I don't just, I'm, I'm just not making that up. I see it. He tells me about driving down the road and uh, he hits a big patch of water and he's swerving all over the road and I think God, that was a God moment, I think. Praise God. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that sufferings produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. The Comforter. 
The Holy Spirit's referred to as the comforter. If I didn't have the comforter, I'd be a mess. More of a mess than I am now. <laughs> but all of that, all of that. The worst day with Jesus is still better than the best day without him. I fight. I struggle. I wake up at 3 in the morning. and I, there's, stuff I, there's stuff I never struggled with before because of all of this. And then things like your, some general major in the military decides that they're not gonna, you're not allowed to have God prayers at the Remembrance Day services. Well, praise God, that lasted two days. And there was such an uproar. Goodness sakes, how many guys in foxholes were crying out to Jesus who didn't even know him? And they're going to take that away? Come on. And they, he was saying it was because of inclusion. We weren't be able to do that. Well, I find it quite in, interesting that that's an inclusive statement, but they're excluding us. Pray, pray. S strange things, strange things. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. The hope... It's a, it's a song too. Tribulation worketh patience. Patience works experience. Experience worketh hope. And hope is not ashamed. What we have in Christ, we need to share. Our hope in Christ, we're not ashamed of it. In another day I'm going to preach, but there's a scripture that says, but when you share the hope that lies within you, do it with gentleness and respect. Oh, I cringe when I hear an arrogance in us, in some Christians. A self-righteousness. And then the one, the one about, oh, we're not supposed to judge. Well, there's, there's a whole bunch of Greek meanings for different judging. The judging that's wrong is when you condemn someone to hell. You're going to hell. And when you have self-righteousness and arrogance, that happens too easy. There's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Close, close with this, and we'll sing some more. <laughs> Matthew 17, 20, and 21. He replied, oh, here we go. Then the I'm going to start with 19. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and said, why couldn't we drive it out? They were trying to drive out a demon. And he replied, because you have so little faith, I like, he says, 
little faith there. And then he says, I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, do you know how small a mustard seed is? It's the size of a pinhead. And if we have that much faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And, and that mustard seed grows into a huge tree. Mustard seed. I, I might not be right but I like, I like quality of faith. <laughs> Not quantity. <laughs> a mustard seed. Heavenly Father, thank you for this, thank you for this day. And I, I, I want to commend each and every one here for their faith. I especially want to commend Caleb for coming forward and having his church family pray for him. And we're still doing that. When Steve found out that my wife was going to be dealing with cancer, it was, it was the middle of the pandemic, not the middle, it was the beginning of the pandemic, and you weren't supposed to go visit anybody. Steve on the phone said, we're coming. And he brought a prison minister, a vibrant man, very, very exciting. <laughs> who, is that? who is that? CMA conference. And the words that Steve said, I'm going to contend for you. I'm going to contend for you. I'm going to contend for the people on this list. Contend for people. It is a season for contending like never before. The things that are happening in the world now have never, have never happened. We don't have, we've never had people trying to change how we think. Not, not like this. With, yeah. Praise God. Just, uh, just pray. We just thank you for give us that mustard seed of faith. And then if you want it to be bigger, God, you do that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for our time together today. Thank you for you being here. Thank you, Jesus.